If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 285. This is our 2023 DP World Tour Championship and RSM Classic Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's DP and PGA Tour action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews. We've got strokes gain rankings, course form stats combined with current form stats, plus, of course, our predictor models. All of that content is available across both events, and it's completely free of charge with no paywall. On X... You can follow Barry at A Good Talk Golf, Paul at Golf Betting, I am at Bamford Golf. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast. So, we need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. I have to say, this is our final show, chaps, or our final bet show of 2023. We're out of reviews. So please write a review. That would be much appreciated. Now, this one is entitled Five Stars Best Golf Podcast. However, the gent concerned has only given us a two-star grading. What can you do? (laughs) Uh, It's a lovely review, though, and clearly it was a genuine mistake. Um, Gents... This is the best golf betting podcast, and in fact, my favourite golf podcast overall. I look forward to the drop every Tuesday and a great long walk with the dog. Great job, lads. Keep up the great work. And that is from Hack Allen, and Hack is in Ridgewood, New Jersey, USA. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Hack. That's got to be our um, our best two-star, five-star review that we've had, I yeah. I'm so confused. I feel really warm and happy from the words, but the two stars is like, what? obviously just a whoopsie. Mm. Anyway, thank uh, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Hack, thank you for your time. Just write us another review and uh, give us five stars. <laughs> that would be uh, fantastic. <laughs> right, let's be quick, chaps. Last week, uh, you landed Paul Dan Bradbury at 110 to 1. Well played. Yeah, thank you. Managed to uh, just about hang on for a place in the end, didn't he? Yeah, I was concerned that he was going to finish T6. <laughs> you and me both. Uh, but he actually held on, which shows, you know, <clears throat> with you getting the better price and only five places each way caught the odds on the standard each way terms, uh, it worked out very nicely for you. So congratulations on that. Mm, thank you. Yeah. yeah, brave and foolish maybe, but uh, yeah, managed to pay off that time. Got there in the end, Paul. Fortune favors the brave on the the high price short places. It's not. It's lovely. Nor, normally, it's like oh, that. Yeah, plenty of expletives, and he finished to one <laughs> shot outside or in a tie for uh, to chop your place. But hey, nice. Believe me, there were plenty of expletives on that seventy second hole when he was chopping out sideways. But yes, managed to get there just about. I don't think many were on Max Homer single digit price. Mm. Um, Hadn't played since an amazing performance at the Ryder Cup, granted. Playing on an invite. That win, though, jumps Max Homer into the top four of American golfers on both the official World Golf Rankings and the Data Golf Rankings. He's behind only Scheffler, Cantlay, and Xander. So he's the fourth best US golfer at the moment, Max Homer. So... um. Barry, I know I'm, I know you're always well. To be fair, as a podcast, we're always sweet on Max. It's it's great to see him maturing and just ticking boxes as his career is moving forward towards potential major contention. 
I hope so, yeah. It just seems to keep adding little pieces of the puzzle, kind of like he's uh, ticking off um, awards and merit badges in a video game. Just next level unlocked, next level unlocked. So, mm. um, I mean, that's that manifested after the Ryder Cup performance. I, I just got the notion in my head about backing him for anti-post for all the majors next year. So not an accumulator, just individual bets on each of the majors, but got him at 40 to 1 for each of them. Mm, okay. So I'm happy out with that. I don't think he'll be forty to one no. for any of them next year. Maybe the open, but I don't. It's it's going to be hard to see him at forty to one when he's that highly ranked. Mm. So um, I'm ha- I'm happy to have the bets. It's, yep, I, I've kind of I've forgotten about them already in a way. So yeah, you know, they're in the bank. So see how they go. I, I would probably even even on the weeks, you know, all, t- all all things running kind of similar to this year, I'd probably be looking to back him anyway for at least three of those majors. And I figured, why not add him for the Open Championship? Like he can get a reasonably not so extreme week in terms of weather. I think he could contend at one of those as well. Yeah, he's he's got the ability and the class to compete at all four. I think so. Mm. Wish we'll see Barry. Could be an inspired and- move. Yeah, and of course, chaps, we're heading into his favourite part of the PGA Tour, the West Coast Swing, as of January. So um, I can only see those 40 to 1 prices on, especially the early majors, getting shorter, potentially. So I think that's that's a decent investment, Barry. Um, on to the PGA Tour last week, we had a very emotional victory. We've had two on the trot now, haven't we? Eric Van Royen the week before, and last week, it was Camillo Vijegas, who has come back from the dead. Landed himself now a full uh, playing or full playing privileges after his fifth PGA Tour win. He's got full playing privileges now for the next two years, 2024 and 2025. He's clearly going to be playing the Players' Championship. And even best of all, he's got now a Masters invite for his win at the Bermuda Championship. It was his first win on tour, I believe, since 2014. That is incredible. Mm. Yeah, impressive stuff and great to see him win again after all this time, particularly with everything that he's been through from a personal perspective as yeah. well. Talked talk really well in the interview afterwards and you know, as a player, as a human being, you can only warm to him, I think. So, uh, yeah, well done to him. There, there, there was a bit of a hint, wasn't there, from, well, oh what, from 2008 when he won the uh, BMW Championship and then the Tour Championship in relatively quick succession that he could hold his form but mm. um yeah to see him do that after you know being in oblivion effectively golf wise for for so long was yeah. uh, it's crazy he was down in crazy. the 200s in terms of FedEx Cup ranking before the WWT championship a fortnight ago mm. he then jumped into the top 150 and he was i think it was something like 148 so he still hadn't even locked up partial status and then he goes and wins last week to get a two-year exemption uh, and, and all the good stuff that comes with that. It was it was a very, very um, poignant victory, I thought. Good to see. Absolutely. Right, let's move forward, shall we, chaps? We have the DP World Tour ending, DP World Tour Championship, which, as ever, they play in Dubai, uh, over to you, Paul. A, fi- a short fifty-man field, I believe. Fifty-man field, yeah. No cuts. Um, the fiftieth or fifty best players in the um, in the race to Dubai for the uh, for the course of the season. Um, and actually, all fifty of them are here this this year. No uh, no spurious invites at the end. No uh, no ducking out and uh, alternates finding their way in the fields. It is it is the top fifty in the uh, in the race to Dubai, which is good to see. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's the finale, 11 months of battle um, on the uh, DP World Tour culminates this week, except that this year uh, it's already a done deal. Rory has already won the race to Dubai. He didn't even have to lift a club last week. Um, he's now over 2,000 points clear of John Rahm in second place, which means that no matter what happens this week, uh, Rory cannot be caught and will be... Uh, will be lifting the Harry Varden trophy um, at the the end of the tournament. So uh, congratulations to Rory. I mean, it's a testament, ultimately, to the season that he's had and 
Um, you know, I guess the thing that disappoints me a little bit is the fact that um, it isn't going to be a contest. You know, John Rahm could theoretically have played the Ned Bank um, last week and uh, and made it interesting, but chose not to. Um, and uh, there's there's nothing else that will be decided in that respect this week. We've got a subplot as always. You've got the bonus pool for the. Um, for the remaining player or for, for the remaining positions below Rory. We've also got this scenario where 10 players um, will achieve PGA Tour cards for courtesy of their positions on the final race to Dubai standings. So um, there will be some excitement. There will be lots to play for in that respect. But the actual title itself is done and dusted. Now, having said all of that, Rory is still 5-1 to one favourite to win this. Um, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, both 11-2 to two or thereabouts. I mean, bear in mind, Rory's won this twice. Rahm's won this three times. So those guys at the top of the market are, um, are strong favourites, um, almost co-favourites of three. Till Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Fitzpatrick, 14-1 to one next in the betting. Minru Lee, 18-1. to one. Tom Kim, 18-1. to one. 25 to 1 bar those players. Now, it is a short man, a short field, um, as you say, 50 men in attendance. The uh, terms this week, the each way terms are varied. So do keep an eye out when you place your bet because some bookers are five places, a fifth of the odds, some, some oh. five and a quarter, um, some six. <laughs> yeah, I, you take five it. and a fifth. That's bad. Make it five and a quarter. You know, the standard traditional, yeah, Bet365 have done like they do, five and a quarter, but five and a fifth, that's just, um, that's not great. Yeah, the, the price has got to be particularly outstanding to, to contemplate five and a fifth. So um, there is some eight and a fifth out there from Cole Labrooks uh, and Boyle Sports who go eight and a fifth as standard. But in general, not exclusively, but in general, the prices are a little bit lower for those terms. But that's kind of understandable. Um, with a 50-man field and eight places covering a big chunk of the uh, the field, if you take take those terms. Um, in terms of the course, um, as ever, we're back to the Greg Norman-designed Earth course. Typical golf in the desert. Um, 7,675-yard past 72. A long course, of course. Uh, Bermuda Fairways, Bermuda Rough, Bermuda Greens. It's Tiff Eagle, Bermuda on the greens. So... Um, We've seen the course a number of times. If you're flicking through the stats this week, there is plenty of data um, historically on this course and the players that have played it to to pour through. So um, we do have a good starting point this week. In terms of the weather, um, it's usually quite consistent here. It is fairly typical. Sunny conditions, high 80s Fahrenheit, 10 to 15 mile an hour wind um, in the afternoons. The breeze does tend to pick up a little bit in the afternoons. Um, the only potential fly in the ointment is there's a 50% chance or thereabouts of a thunderstorm on Friday. Now, if that materialises, that could well soften the course up a little bit, as you'd expect, and, and make scoring a little bit easier from, from there on. But um, um, it does, you know, 50% is 50% coin flip. So we'll, we'll see if that um, materialises or not. Now... Going back to 2012, just to give you a flavour of the kind of players that have won this and their winning prices, because um, I think it does have some bearing on how you might choose to play this week. Uh, 2012, Rory McIlroy won his first DP World Tour Championship at 6-1. to one. Henry Extenson won um, back-to-back events in 2013-2014 at 11-1, to one, then 17-2. to two. Um, Rory McIlroy, 5-1 in 2015. Matt Fitzpatrick won his first of two events in 2016 that was a 66 to 1 price point that year 2017 John Rahm won on debut at 12 to 1 Danny Willett 80 to 1 the following year John Rahm won again at 7 to 1 in 2019 then Matt Fitzpatrick won again in 16 and uh, 2020 at 16 to 1 Colin Morikawa 2021 at 15 to 2 and then John Rahm again at 5-1 to one in 2022 last year. So lots of repeat winners, lots of short prices. The longest of the prices there, Fitzpatrick first time round at 66 and Danny Willett at 80-1. to one. But generally, it's been the shorter price players that have tended to triumph here. Now, in past years, we've had scenarios where they've had to compete and had to contend because the 
race to Dubai title is still up for grabs. But uh, of course, there's a slightly different scenario this week, as we've just discussed. Anyway, generally, 15 to 20 under gets the job done here. They have tightened it up. They have made it a little bit more, uh, a little bit tougher over the last few years. Matt Fitzpatrick's win in 2020 was at 15 under. And we've seen it as deep as kind of mid-20s in the past. 20 under last year from John Rahm. So if the conditions are good, then we can still get into the 20 under kind of bracket. I think it will depend much on whether that rain, that thunderstorm materialises on Friday. If it does, then I think we're back into the 20 under uh, kind of scenario. If it doesn't, then maybe mid-teens will be the winning score. We shall see. Keep an eye on the forecast for that particular aspect. Statistically, there's loads of stats. If you flick through my um, my preview this week, there's loads of traditional stats and uh, we've got four years worth of strokes gained data as well. If you're picking out key statistics using the traditional stats, greens and regulation tends to have been key here. Um, the other number that sticks out quite a lot is putts per greens in regulation if you're looking at the old style stats. So in relatively recent wins, Danny Willett was first on that stat in 2018. John Rahm was first on that stat in 2019. Rahm, again last year, was first. He led the field for putts per greens in regulation. So not only do you need to hit a lot of greens, but when you do find that putting surface, you do need to convert here. Par 5 scoring's key. Bogey avoidance as well. Typically, a winner here will be getting something like four bogeys over the course of the week. Not many more. So... If you're making more than one bogey per round uh, on average, then you're going to need to be making an awful lot of birdies and potentially eagles to keep yourself in contention here. Um, we do have some strokes gain data. It's, we've got four years worth of data, in fact, and that's all been aggregated on the site as well. So you can, again, have a pour through that if you're interested in that angle. Again, a flavour of that. John Rahm last year, off the tee, strokes gained 25th. All other stats consistent. Strokes gained approach, second. Strokes gained tee to green, second. Strokes gained around the green, second. Strokes gained putting, second. So Rahm was really quite consistent in all aspects last year. I think if you're picking out one particular stat, one particular angle from a strokes gained perspective, then strokes gained tee to green for me would be the first. Another one that does pop up, which you wouldn't quite expect a guess here, strokes going around the green, which does tend to be quite high for the winners here as well. But again, I guess if your um, bogey avoidance is one of the one of the aspects, and your performance around the green is is going to be key, and um, scrambling as well potentially, I think you just got to play well here. Um, I think you have got to have a good all round game, strong off the strong off the tee, and um, strong with the putter as well. Other trends, um, every winner here, um, going back to 2012, where I'd read through those winners a second ago, every one of them had a top seven finish in one of their previous six starts. So um, some kind of some kind of visible form in the relatively recent past is good. Um, and every single winner, apart from John Rahm, who was making his debut in 2017, Going back to that 2012 win with uh, Rory McIlroy, every winner here had had a previous top 10 finish around the earth course. So for those of you who like that traditional combined stats kind of view, the current form, course form combination, then that has reaped dividends in the past, albeit for players with relatively short prices. Desert form's positive here. If you've got a player who's played well on the desert swing, the Middle East swing early in the season, that's always a positive. Course, course form here as well, of course, as we say, is 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 good. Basically, though, hit greens, make putts. Um, that's got to be the order of the day. Now, looking at the market, looking at the top three, I think you've got to have an immense amount of respect for for McElroy, for Rahm, for Hovland. Um, Five to one or thereabouts, give or take for the trio. I mean, it's, it's that's not generally the way I like to bet anyway. And you know, although we've seen a lot of winners from that kind of bracket on this particular course and this particular event, I wonder if the dynamic this year with with Rory having already won the whole shebang really brings others into the frame and. The other thing to consider is that all three of these guys, Ryder Cup aside, haven't played 
uh, generally since Wentworth. The only exception to that is John Rahm, who played at the um, Spanish Open, a particularly poor renewal of the Spanish Open, that he was expected to absolutely walk. And he ended up just about scraping into the top 10. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's not any sparkling, very immediate form from these guys. I know some of them have been out there in Dubai and practicing over the last few days and getting themselves acclimatized and in a kind of the frame of mind to contend here. But without the big prize there up for grabs, without that kind of motivation and incentive to go out there and perform, I wonder if we should be taking on the top three and I'm going to be brave. I'm going to take on the top three. In fact, I'm going to take on the top six or seven because the first player that I've backed this week is Nikolai Huygard. Um, current price, 25 to 1. He opened at 33s in places and got hastily chopped in, as you'd expect. Um, I took 28s yesterday, but 25 to 1. Extended places available um, right now, and I think that's still a fair price. Now, he's re returned to the DB World Tour to complete his season. He has been playing over in the PGA Tour, as we know. Um, that was on a special temporary membership. And the terms of that membership meant that he had to get the equivalent points of the player who finishes in 125th place on the FedEx Cup after this week's RSM Classic. Now, right now, by my estimations, he's sitting there in 115th place. So I suspect... Um, all by the shouting, it's a formality that he's got his PGA Tour card. I don't think there's any viable scenario where he doesn't end up with that. So he's come back over. He's played the Ned Bank last week. He's playing this week on the DP World Tour on the assumption that he's got his card sewn up. And I think that's probably right. And that lets him play with some freedom, I think. He was second last week at the Ned Bank. Putted really nicely. And we don't always see that from Nikolai. You know, we know he's got a fantastic long game off the tee. He's long. Um, he can really be aggressive on these scoring holes. Tee to green is right up there statistically for the season on the DP World Tour. Last week, though, first for putts per greens in regulation, first for strokes game putting um, over at the Ned Bank. That's a real eye-opener for me and something that I could not ignore. Fourth year on debut back in 2021. Um, he won at Razel Kaima the following year as well. He can clearly play desert golf. Got the power tee to green to contend and uh, to win this, I think. And the final thing is he's sitting there 70th in the world rankings at the moment. Now, we know that top 50 by the end of the year is a huge carrot to these players. I'm not convinced um, math mathematically um, of where he would f sit should he win this week because the number of points up for grabs isn't that big. In fact, it um, is outranked by the RSM Classic this week, bizarrely enough. Um, but... Even if he weren't to make it into the top 50 this week, he would be moving mighty close to that. And in, you know, for the start of 2024, getting himself inside the top 50 and uh, progressing from there. So he's in all of the top um, events for next year. has got to be a priority for Nikolai. So I'm sure that's on his mind. I'm sure it's something that he wants to crack. And uh, I'm sure it's something that he will crack as well um, in relatively short space of time. So Nikolai from the top, further down, I'm sticking with Matt Wallace. Uh, 60 to 1 I took yesterday. There's a little bit of 70 to 1 with um, restricted each way places available should you want to take it that route. Now, Matt, uh, Matt Wallace, he won the Corrales Championship in March on the uh, PGA Tour. So he's another one who's got um, a little bit of freedom. He's got his PGA Tour card sewn up for 2024. And when he's come back over to the, PGA, uh, to the DP World Tour, He's performed really well. Sixth at the Dunhill Links, ninth in Qatar, 15th last week at the Ned Bank. Um, that got him into this week's field, actually, that performance when we um, had him on board. And I was I was really um, <laughs> hoping that he'd, uh, he'd push on. He was eighth going into the weekend last week and um, before shooting 77 on Saturday, which uh, took him right out of the equation. Uh, finished the week off all right Sunday um, he shot a 67 16 out of 18 greens that was actually the best in the field and um, you know that should give him a little bit of momentum um, a little bit of confidence heading into this week I think he was second here in 2018 on debut so I think he could go well this week um, another two long longer prices still Jorge Campillo 90 to 1 and again you can take um, a little bit longer there's 100 to 1 available out there should you want shorter each way terms 
Um, currently sitting at 13th in the race to Dubai. Now, we've got this scenario. We've talked about it at length over the last few weeks. Um, the top 10 players, otherwise not exempt, um, in the race to Dubai will earn this PGA Tour card at mm. the end of this event. And uh, Jorge, currently sitting in 13th place overall, he's in possession, as I make it, of the 8th of 10 PGA Tour cards. So his... Um, incentive this week for that one final push in what's been an excellent season has got to be big he's got to be massively focused on that as a as a big carrot to go out there and absolutely secure and nail down this um pga tour card which is well within his grasp it's sitting there in his hands right now he can take it, I think. Now, he won in Kenya earlier in the spring. Um, form's been picking up again nicely of, of late. 19th at the uh, Andalusia Masters. Second in Qatar. Um, he lost the playoff that week to Sammy Valamaki. So came close to winning what would have been a second Qatar Masters. 12th last week at the uh, Ned Bank. And that was a personal best for him at Sun City. Second for strokes game putting there at the Gary Player Country Club, which is uh, an interesting stat for him, seeing as he finished second for strokes gain approach and fifth for strokes gain tee to green the previous outing at Doha. So all aspects of his game seem to be firing in isolation. If he can stitch it all together this week, um, and I say that so often because that's exactly what these players need to do, but um, if he can kind of stitch it all together this week, then he could go well, I think. Couple of top tens here as well at the Earth Course in the past, so it all fits nicely for Jorge, who's um, as I say, hundreds of one in places out there. Um, final selection this week, final selection for the year, um, Dan Bradbury. I'm going to stick with Dan. He was our sole beacon of light last week over at the Ned Bank, sneak that fifth place finish, and if he can do something similar this week, current price out there, 125 to one. Um, there was a little bit of 200s and 175s out there yesterday. Um, soon got snaffled and uh, 125 to 1 now the best price. But again, similar kind of level to last week. And what we're talking, 50 players rather than the 60-odd from last week. I think he could sneak into the con contending positions again. Um, he's making his debut this week. That's the only kind of negative I can I can give you for his or his chances this week. But then he's making his debut most weeks from um, from a player that's played what just a couple of dozen or so events on the tour so far in his short career. And um, we've seen him perform. We've seen him win at the Joburg Open. And um, he's the kind of player that I think could place here. And some players um, can. Uh, get into those contending positions positions on debut. We've seen Nikolai Hoygaard recently, fourth in 2021. The year before, Victor Hovland, Laurie Cantor, Sammy Valamaki, they all made the top six on debut back in 2020. So players can get in and around the each way places um, on debut at the earth course. So I'm not going to let that put me off this week, particularly with the player that's got the long game prowess for this. I think ninth for strokes gain off the tee for the season, 21st strokes gain approach, 18th strokes gain tee to green and putted nicely last week at the Ned bank. All of it seems to be coming together. Um, let's hope he can produce another big performance. But then my four Bradbury, Campio, Matt Wallace, Nikolai Huygard. Now, Barry, have you got any uh, plays this week over at the uh, Earth Course? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the just skipping past the top of the board. Uh, I'd find it really hard to pick one between Rory, Ram, and Hovland mm. at those odds. So I'm just going to ignore them all for the purposes yeah. of betting. <laughs> I do. I yeah, yeah. I, I do think it could like. I'm kind of half hopeful that we could just see the three of them freewheel it this week because there's just a tournament win on the line. It's not the whole race to Dubai. And maybe in a dream scenario, all three of them are in the hunt just going out at hammer and tongs on the weekend. So um, let's see if we can get something. Yeah, something like that would be amazing to watch. But um, mm. so that said, I've skipped down the board a little bit and gone with Alexander Bjork, uh, a bit yep. of a tee to green monster. Uh, he is, where are my stats? He's second in scoring average for the tour this year. Um, 
He is first in approach strokes gained for the season, and I think that matches up quite nicely with his course. Yep. Um, his In recent years, I guess his name isn't quite as a mar- marquee a name as the tournament winners, but that could very well change. He could make a name for himself this week. So I got him at 28 to 1. Yeah. My, yeah, go. No, no, sorry, go ahead. I was going to jump into my next bet, but if you have something to back that up, I would love no, to hear I, it. I, 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 I was just um, clarifying, because you, you say Alex, Adrian Moronk there, rather than uh, Alex. No, Moronk. Bjork. Um, sorry, I, oh, I did go, oh, sorry, I, I'm also going for Moronk, but I think I've got my order of bets wrong. So Bjork is, Bjork's 55 to 1. There we go. That's Thank you. One, yeah. <laughs> Reading them upside down. Yeah. So moving swiftly on to Adrian Moronk. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think he's just shown that he's a very classy golfer. His four wins in the last couple of years. He's probably still a little bit um, hurt by missing out on the Ryder Cup. Mm, and yeah. I think this is, um, he's shown he can win when the pressure's high. I think this could be a, a really good statement for him to to not quite um, make him feel better, but it'll make him feel a little bit better about his year. Even yeah. though he missed the Ryder Cup and he wanted it so bad, it'll be a, it'll be a good finish. Um, sixth in greens and regulation. Just looking at some headline stats here. I think he matches up quite well to the course. He's um, he's plenty long to, to cope with it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a fantastic season, Morong, hasn't he? And and uh, he's been playing well for a while now. To 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 nail the four wins that he's had over a relatively short period of time, um, that's that's right up there with the very best conversion rates, um, either side of the Atlantic. Um, so yeah, he's he's got that winning knack. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him up there. Wouldn't surprise. He's an, interesting, he's an interesting player, Moronk. He's, he's actually Barry also. another. He's 46th in the world right now. So that top 50 spot is not guaranteed at mm. all. So that's another motivating factor for Adrian Moronk. Some, something half decent this week then would yeah, probably yeah, get him yeah. Just bump to make a few sure, spots. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. All the little factors kind of coming together. Um, well, while I'm here, um, my last one is, he's, we're a big fan of him. Um, Steve, I think, is probably the name you love pronouncing the most. Um, he's a Ryder Cupper. I just think he gets forgotten about by the bookies in terms of price uh, for how good he is. A little bit streaky and can pop in miss cuts, but that's not a factor this week. So let's see if he can freewheel it. Um, it is Sep. Sep, I can't do it like you can, Steve. Could you? It's could Sep. You? With thank her. you, Sep, not Seb. Sep Strucker. <laughs> Sep with that seven P's. Sep. I went three yeah, years yeah. calling him Seb Strucker, but clearly it's Sep. Yeah, yeah, like to enunciate. Anyway, an absolute monster for a strokes gained approach. Uh, very good putter. A little bit not so hot around the greens, but if he has a really hot week and hits like 75, 80% of greens, that can, you know, he can happily um, handle that. So I, I just think his price is just fantastic for who he is. And you just see a few of the players above him. I think, or in, in the betting, I think he's a little bit disrespected there. So happy to, to jump on board. Yeah, it's always the way with Sep, isn't it? Is uh, the bookies seem to uh, just well, not disregard him, but uh, don't give him the uh, don't give him the plaudits that perhaps he deserves for the, for the wins that he's had and the yeah, as you say, the Ryder Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, it take, takes a, a level of a player to achieve a Ryder Cup start, let alone uh, mm. be on the winning team. So um, yeah, get that, get that. Yeah, maybe it's just because he's a bit streaky. Do you think it's that because he he's, well, it's not see, he can pop up out of nowhere almost and then have a couple of missed cuts and yeah yeah he can but I don't know we, oh. we know he likes Bermuda grass greens and um, we've seen that mm. um, a lot over on the states. I think a lot of it is because these prices now, like the official World Golf Rankings, incorporate strokes gained, and Stracker is one of these old style mm. golfers that can be very on or very very off. 
So actually, if you're looking at it from an average medium perspective, his strokes gain numbers are always lower than other elite players. Yeah, no, I get that. So I think yeah. that's got something to do with it. But when, when, when he's good, he's very good. Yeah, absolutely. Does love the Bermuda, as we know, mm. and podcast listeners know. Um, I am going for Tyrrell Hatton. 14 to 1. Do you know what, chaps? Tyrrell Hatton has not won a professional golf tournament since the 2021 HSBC Abu Dhabi Championship. Mm. I think that would great with a man of Tyrrell Hatton's ability. Yeah. And <laughs> kind of follows the Max Homer logic with Hatton, and it's easy to forget, he finished second at Wentworth, then went to the Ryder Cup. And he had a very strong Ryder Cup. Three and a half point points from four matches. Mm. Coming to a course where he's finished second twice, including last year. I think Hatton at 14 to 1 is the one that I, f- I fancy to upset the top three. Yeah, he, he knows how to win a Rolex level event. That yep. much is certain from his, uh, from his history. Interestingly enough, that Abu Dhabi win was his yearly debut that particular 2021 as well. So he can win from cold. Yep. I think that could be important, you know, given the fact that a lot of these elite players haven't played any golf since the Ryder Cup. Yeah, this is it. I'm also following Barry in. Sorry, Barry. I just say, on Manhattan, aside from the slightly surprising stat that he hasn't won in coming on, well, over two years. This year for him was brilliant in terms of consistency and, and getting up there in the hunt an awful lot. I mean, I'm just looking mm. at his, mm. at his yeah. PGA Tour. There's a tied six, a tied fourth, a second, a tied third, a tied fifth, a tied third, a tied sixth. You know, a lot. And he's missed what one one cut on P, on the tour all year, mm. and got knocked out early in the match play. But sure, that can happen to anybody. So yeah. other than that, he has been. He's done everything but win, I would say. Yeah. This could be a nice way to just close it off. I mean, you, yeah. you've got Hatton, Fleetwood and Fitzpatrick. Take your poison. They're all pretty much mm. of a marchness, aren't they? So they've all had success here. Fitzpatrick's won here. Fleetwood's consistent here, but doesn't tend to get over the line. He did play last week, though. Sharpened the tools, top five. Mm. I've gone for Hatton, so... I wouldn't put off anyone off any of those three, really, just to, to put in some kind of charge against the big three. Um, I'm following you in on Moronk. I think that world ranking um, focus, the fact that a good week this week would also finish, see him finish second, potentially, behind Rory McIlroy if John Rahm was to have an off week. So he could finish second in the race to Dubai, which is a big thing for Moronk. Um, I just think that those couple of, um, what's the word, motivators, I think, could really help yep. the Polish lad, um, who's got all the tools to play well around here. The other one I've gone for, and Paul mentioned it, this top 10 exempt race to get PGA Tour cards. It's hotting up. It's clearly the last week. We know that pretty much anyone from McIntyre down isn't safe. So that is Campio in eighth, as Paul mentioned. Rio Hisatsuni at nine. And I'm going to plump for Rasmus Hoycard. He's on the bubble. He jumped five places last week on the race to Dubai from 21st to 16th. He sits in 10th place in terms of this PGA Tour card criteria for next year. He was first for T to green last week at the Ned Bank, finishing in sixth place. Last year, he finished seventh at the Ned Bank and then flew straight in to Dubai and finished seventh. So I am taking Rasmus at 28 to 1, and I'm taking all of the eight places I could get on Rasmus Hoygaard with Coral. Mm. Those are my three. Mm, that's, that's a good price with coral given that um, you're getting those eight places generally 33s with five and many of those places are five and a fifth as well so um just foregoing a, a, a few points there to get yourself an extra three places not a bad shout i don't think 
Just to mention, Bet365 boosts as they stand on the DP World Tour Championship. McElroy boosted 5-1 to one out to 11-2. to Fitzpatrick 12-1 to one to 14-1. to one. Shane Lowry, first round leader, 25 to 1 to 28 to 1. Those are the Bet365 boosts this week on the DP World Tour Championship. Are we happy with that, chap? Shall we move on? Yeah, let's do the RSM. The RSM Hit and Giggle Classic on the Bet uh, on the PJ Tour, the last event of the year, which it has been traditionally now for a long period of time. Before we crack on. We're highlighting Bet365, who as ever have their each way extra market available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the RSM Classic outright market. I've used their eight places each way at a 50 odds market specifically on, I think it's five of my six selections this week. Mm, yeah, it was, yeah. As, you, as we record this pod, they are offering extended each way market best odds and eight places each way on market leaders, such as... Ludwig Oberg at 12 to 1. He's the favourite. Must say, I'm rather concerned about Oberg on the basis I'm not backing him this week, and I have been for months on end. <laughs> uh, Russell Henley is 16 to 1. You know what happens here, chaps. Corey Connors, 25 to 1. Justin Sir, 35 to 1. Harris English, 60 to 1. Or how about Keith Mitchell? He's part of the Sea Island Mafia. He's a 66 to 1 chance with Bet365. Eight places each way. He's a short. As 40 to 1 with Paddy Power. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. Don't forget, I'm coming to you, Paul, to use the bonus code. What is it? It is Sports30, S P O R T 30. When registering, I thought I'd, get, I'd throw, that, throw you that bone, Paul. It's the last podcast of the year. <laughs> get the Sport Thirty in there. Yeah, just make make bet. sure I'm still with it. Absolutely, with Bet Three Six Five. Right, let's get into this hit and giggle. Now, I, I've got to say, lads, I'm not overly hopeful here this week, and I know I'm really, you know, Mister Positivity usually, but sometimes I struggle at events. Now, I have had the winner here a couple of times. I must say. Uh, I had Heath Slocum at 50 to 1. I also had Kevin Kisner, 22 to 1. I've also come very close in the past with Mackenzie Hughes last year. I think it was last year or the year before. I had him at, not, uh, I think it was 66s and he, he finished second. So I've got a half decent record here, but mm. this really is a hit and giggle. Um, it's the Sea Island Mafia. You've got a lot of players here on St. Simon's Island that use this as a base. In fact, I'll go through the names, shall I? Jonathan Bird, Harris English, Will Gordon, Ben Griffin, Brian Harmon, Zach Johnson, Patton Kaziah, Matt Kuchar, Keith Mitchell, Andrew Novak, JT Poston, Grayson Sig, and Davis Thompson all live on St. Simon's Island where these, where these two golf courses are. So they are literally walking around the court. In fact, I saw an interview last year with Ben Griffin saying, um, I think you know, he basically walked to the course from his house. Mm. It's that close. It must be quite nice having a, a PGA Tour go, a golf tournament with an eight and a half million pound prize fund. And you literally just walk, see you later, love, and walk out the front door. And, <laughs> in your back garden. Yeah. yeah, straight in your back garden. And go go onto the course. Must be quite good. Um, but yes, we've got... Winners, winner prices here are all over the place. I'm going to bring up some bad memories for Barry. I'm going to, I'm going to mention Robert Strebert, 350 to 1. We've had Svensson last year, 150 to 1. We've had Tyler Duncan at 200 to 1. That's three of the last five. Uh, the fact that Charles Howe third was 50 to 1 and Taylor Gooch was 40 to 1, the other two of the last five, does bring you hope that some kind of Fairly pickable player might win this week as well. Mm. But yes, it's a bit all over the place. We've got two courses this week. The host course is the Seaside course. 54 holes there. And you also get 18 in round one or round two at the Plantation course, which is directly next door. The Seaside course is a par 70. The Plantation course is a par 72 with four par fives. It's also extremely gettable. It was the fifth easiest golf course on the PGA Tour last year. So you've got to make hay on the plantation course. Seaside course, a bit more stringent. 
Par 70, pretty wide fairways. Both courses feature Bermuda grass and the seaside course has 13 holes in play with water hazards. Tony Finau played here last year. Didn't do very well. <laughs> uh, we share green types this week, Paul. I know mm-hmm. that I'm in Georgia and you're in uh, Dubai, but they are both Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. Yep. What do we think? One thing I will say this week, and you know, I, I, I'm kind of setting it up as a bit of a SHIT show, but what tends to happen here? Take last year, Adam Svensson won this at 150 to one. Second place was Brian Harmon. He was 25 to one joint favourite. Tagala was up there as well, 50 to 1, Sahid Tagala. Um, the year before that, Taylor Gooch was 40 to 1. He beat my selection, Mackenzie Hughes, at 66 to 1. So that was pretty straightforward. Both of those, by the way, Hughes was ranked 50th in the world, Gooch was 52nd. I mentioned Sahid Tagala, he was 53rd in the world last year when getting a full each way place. So there's a trend there. The year before that, Kevin Kisner, Barry was on him, 40 to 1. He was turned over by Robert Strebert, 350 to 1. So you are seeing good players like a Kisner, like a Gooch, like a Hughes, like a Harmon in a head to head. Sometimes those better players win, sometimes the lesser players win. And that's how it seems to roll here. Even back to Chucky Three Sticks and Tyler Duncan. Both of those guys won at 200 to 1 and 50 to 1. They were pretty much going head-to-head. I think Howe went head-to-head with Rogers with Webb Simpson in the mix. And then Tyler Duncan did beat Webb Simpson, who was 10-to-1 favourite in a head-to-head. So sometimes the elite player wins, but quite often the non-elite player wins this title. That's how it tends to work. Mm. So pick pick your poison, pick some good players that you think are going to feature and potentially have a sprinkle of... Anything triple digit, because they've all got a chance this week. That's how I'm playing it. I'm going to go in reverse order. Why not? Uh, My top three have all got this top 50 world ranking um, issue going on. So I'll save them for later. Uh, Robbie Shelton's my longest. I managed to get 200 to 18 places each way, 50 odds with William Hill on Robbie Shelton. Now, Robbie comes from uh, Alabama. He's got, you just look at his amateur and Corn Ferry pedigree. He's a four-time winner on the Corn Ferry. He's a bit like that Stefan Jaeger guy. Hasn't quite brought it yet to the PJ Tour, but a real winner at the lower level. Yeah. He's interesting where he wins as well, Paul. Tennessee, Tennessee, South Carolina. Three of his four Corn Ferry victories. Southeastern states. Yeah. Lights Bermuda grass. And actually, he featured in the top 10 of the Fortinet after 54 holes in September. He then finished fourth at the Zozo on his second from last outing, which was a big breakthrough for Shelton. That was his best ever PGA Tour finish over in Japan. I think that's going to boost him. And he was 59th last time out at the WWT Championship over in Mexico. But that course for me was too long. I don't see a lot of Paspalum history with Shelton. Mm. But what I do see is a lot of local history here, both at at college golf level, both here on the seaside course at the SEC Championship and the Ocean Forest Golf Club, which is next door. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, a guy that's clearly boosted in confidence recently. He had a breakthrough on the PGA Tour, loves playing in the southern east, southeast United States, was 10th here last year. So I managed to pick out Shelton 200 to 1 with William Hill. The other one at a big, big price I like is Matt Neesmith. He came here last year, chaps. He was 40 to 1 and got backed off the boards. Now, clearly back then he was in far better form. I think he was coming off a a contending performance at the Shriners. Uh, There was a decent performance at the Sanderson Farms as well. Came here in really, really hot form. Missed the cut. But actually, just look at where he plays golf. He's a Georgia guy. He'll be come, making a short trip just down the Interstate 95 down here. He's got loads and loads and loads and loads of Jones Cup and this South Southeastern Conference University 
amateur uh, result. I mean, he was first here on the seaside course at the SEC Championship back in 2015. So a yeah. winner on this golf course. Mm. Just recently, he's had a terrible, terrible 2023. Maybe the fact that he started the year so well and just knew his card was already gained just took his foot off the pedal. But anyway, recently 25th, 42nd and 15th at the Zozo where that trademark ball striking is coming back. He was fourth for ball striking at the Sanderson Farms. He was fifth for ball striking on that really tight, tough technical test at Narashino when he was 15th at the Zozo. So love Neesmith, like Shelton. Those are my two triple-digit selections. I'm down to 55-1 to one on my next point each way with bet 3658 places each way on Davis Thompson. Now, Davis Thompson is a local St. Simon's Island guy. His dad is actually the starter of this tournament. And if Davis Thompson can actually just take away the fact that he's playing at home with all of his friends and family watching, I expect, if he can just you know just decant that, move it to one side and focus on the good golf he's playing right now, and his intrinsic knowledge of both golf courses this week. Mm. I know it's a big if, but if he can do that, he has to be a factor because this guy has finished fourth, 15th, second, first and second at the Amateur Jones Cup on the golf course that is next door at Ocean Forest. He also finished fourth here in 2019 on the seaside course at the SEC Championship. I also rank him you know I keep a strokes gained current form metric over the last eight weeks of activity. Mm. I'm actually seeing Davis Thompson in the top 11. So basically, from a strokes gained total perspective, he's 11th in this field for strokes gained current form. So take that current form, take it to a golf course he must know and love and clearly can walk to. Might have a chance at 55 to 1, which wouldn't be a bad selection if it comes to fruition at that price point i've also gone for three shorter ones now brendan todd i managed to grab at 50 to 1 with bet 3658 places each way he's been backed into 40 to 1 but he's just the sort lives in watkinsville georgia we've had four winners here that are from that are georgian slocum kirk kisner and charles howe the third Seems to be a popular destination for the home state uh, guys. He doesn't live on Sea Island, which clearly is good. No Simon's Island resident has ever won this to this point, by the way, which is interesting. But Brian Harmon was T2 here last year. So that might be changing. But Todd, he's in, um, he's in the mid-50s in the world rankings. So if he has a cracking week this week, Brendan Todd, likely to get a master's invite appearing on his doorstep just before Christmas. So not necessarily a win, but even if he finished something... As you said, Paul, this RSM Classic, from a world rankings perspective, is actually higher yeah. paid out than the DP World Tour Championship this year. It is. Which is madness. I get that. It's crazy, but it's true. So if he can get a top two, top three, or even, let's hope, get the victory... Brendan Todd will be playing the Masters next year. It's a big, big carrot. Quick question with Todd. Um, when did he fall off your uh, post-it note? Monday. <laughs> I was hoping you two would uh, would cast that one aside and forget about Brendan Todd, but he's I'm on there. I'm surprised you didn't pick that one up, Barry. I mean, I just... I Why are you cheating on the post-it note, Steve? Like, you're undermining the whole concept of it. I have weakness sometimes. And don't forget, Luke List won the other week. Mm. It does happen. Yeah. Not when Tem I'm usually on them, clearly. but <laughs> A temporary reprieve. I'll tell you the other thing I found with Brendan Todd. If I'm remembering correctly, he was second favourite last week for the Bermuda Championship, mm. which kind of made sense because he'd already won there. But I didn't like him last week on the basis he hadn't played since the Fortinet. So he had about six to seven weeks of rust. And if you remember, actually, when I was sitting down at a pub in London on a Friday night watching some of the golf, he was in T6 going into the weekend. Mm. And then just, you know, just 
the wind blew and he, he just he finished 18th in the end. But he's clearly in good nick. That'll have taken the rust off. I just I think Brendan Todd's got a good good chance this week. Mm. Um, one and a half points each way, forty to one. I've got on bet with bet three six five on Billy Horshaw. I know that Paul and I have been swimming around him when he was on his DP World Tour campaign uh, in the autumn, and actually he played all right over here. Forty fifth, forty fifth at the Irish Open. He was tenth going into Sunday. Eighteenth at Wentworth. He was twelfth going into Sunday. 20th at the Open to France, and then he has 14th at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. He was 6th going into that final round, which of course was on a Monday. One of the rounds got washed out. So he's in decent nick, and actually, last time he played in the United States, Billy, he, played, he finished 4th at the Wyndham Championship, where he was the 54-hole leader. So he's clearly in decent nick. And the, the score with Billy Horschel is he slipped now outside of the world's top 50. You know, cut it always. He hasn't had a great 2023. But the game is coming round. And as we know, top 50, end of the year, is a massive, massive deal for these players. He finished second here in 2016. I believe that was the year Mackenzie Hughes won in some kind of five or six man playoff. Horschel was in that playoff that mm. year. So he can clearly play this tournament very well. And he's clearly got the motivation to have a big, big week to get that top 50 spot ticked off before we get to the festive period. So I'm on Billy Ho. And the final one I'm going for, and I'm kind of encouraged by Brian Harmon last year, who is a St. Simon's Island resident. He had finished second chaps at Mayakoba. No, sorry, I've got that wrong. Brian Harmon had finished second the week before at the Houston tournament, came here as the 25-1 to 1 joint favourite and finished T2. I'm taking that forward with Matt Kuchar. I've gone one and a half points each way, 35-1 to 1 with Bet365 by their each-way extra market, eight places each way. Kuchar... Second last time out at the WWT Championship when he was pipped on the line by a motivated and emotional Eric Van Royen. The thing here with Kuchar, you look at his record here, it's not great, let's be frank. He's had one top 10 in 11 tryouts. But that's Matt Kuchar when in the past he's been a member of the world's top 50 and he's treating this as the jolly that it is which is basically happening in his backyard. I, th- I would have thought those particular weeks, he's far more into the Wiffle Ball Classic on the Wednesday night and all the social gatherings throughout the week than he is about mm. being competitive at the golf. I think this year that changes because he is 52nd in the official world golf rankings right now. And let's, let's rewind to the Valero Texas Open the week before the Masters. Kuchar was outside the world's top 50. The only route in he had to get to the Masters was to win the Valero Texas Open. And he finished third, just two shots back from Corey Connors. He missed out on the Masters, and that was the first time since 2009 he hadn't played Augusta National. So I think this week, knowing that if he has a big week, he sews up world top 50 and gets his 2024 Masters invite into the bargain will actually mean that Matt, he focuses less on the barbecues and more on the golf this week. So I think Kuchar yeah. at 35-1, to 1, who has a history on these coastal short golf courses of winning, I think he could be capturing his 10th PGA Tour title this week. And it would be his first for almost five years, which again, like Camillo Vijegas last year, is something we have seen a lot of this year. Rose, Kirk, Day, Fowler. There's a huge list. Brian Harmon at the Open. Players that had had prolonged periods of no wins getting the job done. So that's me. Kuchar, Horschel, Todd, Davis Thompson, Matt Neesmith, and I've got Robbie Shell. And that's, there's a bit of everything in there, which is, I think you need to play that kind of game here at the RSM Classic. Right, Barry, over to you. Who are you on at the RSM? Um, he's, I've had this guy on, like, on a recurring note on my phone to keep an eye on, and I just have been foolish enough to not bet him. 
because if I had backed him in the f- previous four tournaments he's played, he's placed three times out of those four. Uh, I think he's got an, an unbelievable looking swing. And maybe this is the week where there's a few players have the eye off the ball <laughs> and more on their barbecue that he can come in and get the win. It's Eric Cole taking yeah. him at mm-hmm. 33 to 1. Um, 20th on tour for strokes gained approach and uh, 17th on tour for putting strokes gained putting. So I think that's a pretty good combination for around here. Rookie of the year, that's sewn up. And again, he is 48th in the world. So he will be focusing just to make sure he gets that top 50 spot in the world rankings, which is, as we know, it's huge for pro golfers. And of course, I'm sure that he wouldn't mind also getting his first PGA to a victory. Mm, I'm sure he'd be happy enough with that. <laughs> Following in to, I think, was it you were on him last week, Paul? You mentioned Taylor Pendrith. Uh, I was on him. Finished T8. Sorry. T8. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, remembering that the, the run he went on, was it this time last year, I think? Just knocking off great result after great result after great result. And he seems to be in a nice little bit of form mm. at the moment. So I'm going to hop on board that train and I've backed him as well. Yeah. Just I go for the hot this. hand, see what happens. one on Pendrith. It's a good price, isn't it? He does. He yeah. keeps form. Didn't I mention last week something about he he finished in the top 13, seven of eight tournaments last year, all in consecutive. Mm-hmm. It, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he does hold form. Holds yeah. form big style, Pendrith. So yeah, that so, one. Yeah, Merge is okay. He's got a couple of good results here the last two years, 26th and then 15th last year, coming off 3rd, 15th and 8th. Just mm. makes sense to me, so I've backed that. And the the last two I have are over 100 to 1. Um, kind of continued the theme of this slightly veteran-y guy holding some form and winning the next week. Um, Alec Vijegas last week, um, backing Ryan Moore this week. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the court, you know, the length of, you know, obviously doesn't hit the ball very far, but these two courses should um, fit right into his yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah. And if he can hold the form from last week, um, yeah, it's a, it's nice to have a hundred to one um, on on board. And then just for nostalgia and because I love him, I'm going to back Kisner. Um, and hopefully he's um, heard a few rumors that he's starting to find uh you know, get rid of the problems that were plaguing his game. So maybe he's been in the laboratory figuring that out. <laughs> and his, um, I mean, his odds are fantastic. It'd be an all-timer if it comes off. He is, what did I get him at? 150 to one, eight places I took. Yeah, yeah generally 150s. It is definitely his kind of course, isn't it? Same. Can you believe with Ryan Moore, he's only played this year on a top 50 career money status? Clearly, you can only use that once. I believe uh, Ryan Palmer's been doing exactly the same. Yeah, and if you more, look at, you more look I at, think, is needs, you look at needs something this week. Who's that, Palmer? No, more I think, needs something oh, this Moore week. Oh, more does, one, yeah. He's yeah, 128 in the fall. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So he's got he's got guaranteed partial status, but to get that full card, like Palmer, yeah. I think Palmer's 127. Both of, mm. those old, both of those old boys, if you like, they're, they're, they're canny enough to know getting that full top 125 status and having a good week. I mean, Ryan Palmer, we know he's a Bermuda grass monster. Um, and more, he's going to take so much from what Vijegas did last week and try and carry that momentum that he played so well last week in Bermuda. I, I can see mm. that, yeah. I can see that. Proper plotter, Ryan Moore. Yeah. Mm. Over to you, Paul. Yeah, just a couple for me. Uh, JT Poston, I've backed... Uh, 35 to 1 yesterday, 33 still out there with extended places. A couple of wins for Poston uh, at the Wyndham, which I think has got a nice correlation to the um, to the players who play well around here. Uh, that was 22 under uh, back in 2019. John Deere Classic the following year at 21 under, so he can score well as well. Indecent Nick, sick for the John Deere Classic this year, sick for the Scottish Open, uh, second at the 3M Open and seventh at the Wyndham. And then his only start in this full series um, so far has been the third at the Shriners. So in mm. some some nice, nice form, I think. 21st year last year, but much better 
form right now for Poston. The other one is Matty Schmidt. Now, I backed Matty back at the Andalusia Masters on the uh, Deeper World Tour a couple of weeks ago. Finished second, just missed out for us that week. Um, he did secure his DP World Tour card that week, so that was a nice silver lining for him. Um, he's come back over to the US to try and get his PGA Tour card sewn up as well. He was third last week at the Bermuda. That's moved him up to 120th in the rankings. So um, borderline whether he needs to do anything this week or not, but I don't think he can rest on his laurels. Um, I think he's got to go out there and assume that he needs to perform this week. So one final effort. Um, and then he'll have a card both sides at the Atlantic for next year. Missed the cut here last year, but I'm ignoring that. He's in far, far, far better nick right now. 66 to 1, Matty Schmidt is the price I took. So Schmidt and Poston for me. Um, just my two. I've got to say, I do like your Robbie Shelton shout, though, Steve. I think I shall oh be God. having a... We're doomed. <laughs> I think I'll have a couple of, uh, couple of quid on that each way. For our uh, listeners that have made it to the last five minutes of our last 2023 podcast, we love you all. Um, just to run you through, because this, this this hinterland of full card is really interesting. So I'm taking it from 120. Matty Schmidt, Doug Gim, Nico Echeverria, although he won this year, so he's already got his full status. Troy Merritt, Andrew Novak and Carl Yuan, who finished in the top five last week. They have full cards right now. But as we saw last week, Henrik Norlander was 121st going in. He's now 126. So none of those, from Schmidt down, they are not guaranteed full status going into this week at all. I'll just go through 126 through 130, because some of these players will feature. And let's hope it's Ryan Moore, because he's 128. Norlander, 126. McNeely, 127. Moore, 28. 129 is C.T. Pan. Patton Kazai, 130. Ryan Palmer, the old war horse, 131. Right, thank you very much for your bets, chaps. It's, uh, I, best of luck for your bets this week. I hope they go well. Yeah, best of luck, guys. You too, guys. Best of luck to the listeners. We'll be back with some pre-Christmas podcast entertainment for you later in the festive period. I hope your bets go well. We'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf 